Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealer's coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. The train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Over the golden bottom Blessings, peace, and blessings. Welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I'm your co-host, Brother Yusef Muhammad, along with our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad. We are eternally grateful for this opportunity to come to you again one more week by God's grace and mercy that we would share with you that which has come across our screen since last week. Certainly, we want to thank our guest last week for blessing us with a wonderful program. This week we intend for the program to be just as informative, just as inspirational and motivational that not that you be just uh, hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. So again, welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Uh, Beginning all things in the name of the Most High God, the beneficent, the merciful, the architect of the universe, the God of the heavens and the earth and all that's in between. We thank him for his coming. 
from the east unto the west, seeking to save that which was lost to you and I here in the wilderness of North America with a message for all of humanity. We can never thank Master W. Fad Muhammad enough for raising, finding one and raising the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the eternal leader of the nation of Islam, certainly a most indeed. We can never thank the two of them for leaving with us in this dispensation of time more than their divine reminder. He is the torchlight for America and a warning to the nations of the earth in the person of the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In those three great yet humble names, I'm honored once again uh, to greet our listening audience with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in the language of our ancestors. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir. Thank you, Brother Rudolph. And Ramadan Mubarak for those. Ramadan Kareem. Thank you so much for those who classify themselves as Muslim. Uh, We are engaged in the month of Ramadan, which is the ninth month of the lunar calendar, where Muslims go deeper into prayer, go deeper into the reading of the Holy Quran, and go deeper into fasting, abstaining from food and that which is natural to the human being in order to come out on the other end by God's grace with a better sense of preparation, a better sense of what it means to be cleaned, and a better sense of discipline. So welcome, welcome, welcome to another weekly edition. We thank our constant and consistent listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our first-time listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We thank all of you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. For our first-time listeners, just know for an assurity, we want you to be able to take uh, response to any emergency and become self-reliant and taking appropriate response to any emergency. I think it's the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker who would say, we need you to survive. You see, this program yes, promotes public awareness and engages in uh, outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people in how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you to determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and to save lives. Our vision here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, their family, their neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Again, welcome, 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 and As a baseline assessment, we always ask you to ask yourselves, where will you be when disaster strikes? 
but certainly you could actually be going through a disaster as we speak. I mean, the weather is one thing, and that's calamity. That's disaster. But something as what may appear to be minute as a paper cut, that things that hurts and you don't have the proper application or Band-Aid to deal with that paper cut, that could be disaster and calamity. So where will you be? When disaster strikes, we ask you to consider uh, getting information. That's why we thank you for joining us on this show. That was number one. Number two, develop a plan and a kit would be number three. And number four would be to periodically reassess your plan and your kit. So that's just a baseline assessment. I'm going to get out of your way and bring on our more than capable co-host our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, that will take us further in the program. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. And Ramadan Mubarak to my family. Ramadan to Kareem, my family. sir. Okay, Aboragani. What's up? Buenos dias. Buenos tardes. Bonjour, bonsoir. Whatever the greeting is that makes you feel welcome and makes you feel that you're at home, that's what we wish to extend to you. You know, if we were in the church, you know, I would be given the welcome address. You know, I would be saying that you're welcome to sing, to dance, to clap your hands. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, since we're on the show, I'm going to give you the same greeting. You're welcome to dial in at 563-999-3089. You're welcome to press the number one, and you're welcome to ask a question, uh, answer a question, or make a comment to us as well as the listeners, because we want this to be a conversation not a monologue or just a one-way dialogue. Beginning all things in the name of the Most High God, we call him Allah. And we thank Allah for causing our golden moment to roll on just a little while longer. We thank Allah for extending grace and mercy to us in that we are alive and we are here on this side of the dirt on this day and time. We thank Almighty God, Allah, for sending to us a more than a warner, more than a reminder, but sending to us a Savior who is so invested in our salvation that he sacrificed his life in order to provide dialogue, understanding, and a clear-cut protocol for us to follow to help get us from where we are to where we need to be 
in order to not just survive, but to have life and to have it more abundant. And we thank both of them for not leaving us comfortless in this day and time with all of the wildness that's going on, the wilding that's out here, the wicked machinations that are free-flowing. There is still one among us who is, as a, a, a voice of reason, a voice of warning, a mercy seat that keeps us from receiving the chastisement of Almighty God, Allah, that we definitely deserve if it was just due to, um, you know, what we did or have not done. But this individual, he stands in between us and chastisement as a parent stands in between the other parent and the child as a mercy to keep him from getting what he so sorely deserves. So, you know, again, thanking everyone at this time, thanking our engineering staff who gets us on the air and keeps us on the air, so that we can do what we do, Brother Yusuf, thanking you, Brother Yusuf, and your beautiful family for sacrificing you and the time that you put in to making this show what it is. You travel on a regular back and forth across this country, gaining necessary data, information, and bringing knowledge to the listeners. And we thank you for willfully doing it. And we thank you, again, your family for making it easy for you to do it because they understand your mission and they support you and your mission. Likewise to you and yours, Brother Budol. Oh, yes, sir. Thanking my wife and my family for definitely supporting me in what I do in order to give me the time, the mental space, and the physical, mental, and spiritual health necessary to do the work that we are doing. So, I think I can stop there. I think we've uh, thanked everyone that we need to at this point. And if we have forgotten someone, charge it to the head and not the heart. But we realize that all, everyone, is important in the family and in this ministry that we have of trying to save the lives of the people of God. We realize that if we're watching the news, that we're seeing that the weather, as we were instructed to do, to watch the weather, but not just watching, to prepare for unusual weather, 
Well, how do you prepare for things that you really cannot fathom would even uh, 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 visit you? And again, that's where the grace and mercy of the Almighty comes in that we are still being guided and protected even up to right now, even as we're listening and watching the horrific things that are going on, we are still being protected. So with all of that being said, Brother Yusuf, I'm going to get out of the way so that we can get into the program and get this information out to the people. Um, Brother Yusuf, I'm going to turn it back over to you so that you can give them their rules of engagement for this classroom. And then, you know, as they say in the boxing world or in the wrestling ring, and let's get ready to rumble. Yes, sir, Brother Rudolph. Thank you so much, sir. Look, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as Brother Rudolph said, like a voice crying out in the wilderness, um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has told us that, quote, those who are scripturally prepared know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence famine and earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world, and those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled, it is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular, for coming disasters. Well, let's look at what's come across our screen in the last week or two, and then we'll take it from there because this is certainly a solutions-based program. Again, we want you to get informed. We want you to prepare, uh, put your plan together, those six Ps, proper prior planning prevents poor performance. So if you just look at the current events of tornadoes damaging dozens of structures and snapping beams and ripping off roofs in Southern California, and of course with that comes floods, then you may have heard about the deadly fungus called candida auris fungus, which is spreading quickly across the U.S. If you haven't heard about it, well, thank you for joining us. It's on and cracking as we speak. Then it's another virus outbreak in West Bengal, which leaves 19 children dead and thousands in the hospital. And what about the catastrophe of uh, (laughs) racism? A young black man told his mom he was being followed by white men, and the next thing you know, he went missing, found dead. Then it's still snowing, believe it or not, in the Northeast, where people are still without power. What about the food we eat? 
fake sugar used in processed foods has surged, according to the Washington Post, is what your body thinks is happening. So, I mean, we're living in a time that was prophesied, believe it or not. Brother Hurov said, if we were in church, well, this is sort of a ministry of ours, believe it or not, brothers and sisters. Just trying to put you up on the current events. Mainstream media might speak on it. Most times they don't. What about the banking collapse in California? But yet, during this economic meltdown, the Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Chase, Wells Fargo, they donated $5 billion to the bank out there in uh, Cali that collapsed a couple of weeks ago. Other Wall Street firms deposited tens of billions of dollars. I mean, where's this money coming from? It really is a federal crisis, just like it was in 2008 when President Obama had just got in the seat and he had to bail out the banks who said they were too big to fail, including this uh, Silicon Valley bank collapse. The U.S. Treasury Department, Janet Yellen, she says, quote, our banking system is sound, I assure you. Americans can feel confident when they need their money. Okay, now, it's war, not just Russia, Ukraine, but yes, it's war in Yemen, Saudi Arabia. I ran 17 million people, brothers and sisters, are in need of assistance. What about the war in Ukraine with Russia, Poland? Slovakia, Finland, the Netherlands, and other NATO countries are considering sending warplanes to Ukraine, including America. I mean, this is what we're talking about now. China and Russia. China's telling Russia they have a diplomatic solution to the war. Mm, Interesting. Australia and the United States have merged on nuclear weapons and the people are rebelling in France because they uh, changed the retirement age from 62 years old to 65 years old. You know, there's a lot of rebellion going on internally and externally, if the truth be told. So that's why we're glad that you've tuned in to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Now, one solution is this. You have to first take the initiative to want to do better by yourself. You can't expect anyone to do for you what you won't do for yourself. And then once you start getting more informed, once you start making a plan, once you start developing a survival kit and realizing the importance of periodically reassessing your plan and your survival kit, then you'll be brought around like minds of the people who want to do the same or are who do are who are doing the same, pardon me, 
that you may or may not know of. And so once you take the initiative, once you begin to influence your children and your family, then the community will come aboard, and that's what we call a community relations strategy. Imagine a circle from one arrow connecting the other arrow versus community investment, then it's community involvement, then it's community partnership for community risk reduction. That's how it's going to work. You have to first take that initiative. So when you come into disaster awareness for community preparedness, and I, too, uh, strongly suggest you call in, if you're not online, at 563-999-3089. Press 1 to engage in this conversation that we're having today. Because we talk about everything here. Our conversation ranges from viruses to vaccines, from flu to health and fitness, from fire safety education to community risk reduction. And so here we are. Uh, Brother Rudolph talked about a man that came amongst us that would give us life and life more abundantly. Well, only if you believe what he says, only if you turn what you believe in into practical application. And so by it being the month of Ramadan, the ninth month of the lunar calendar, Ramadan meaning intense heat, and you heard in the greetings, Mubarak, which means blessings we're offering those who are engaged in the uh, fasting period by way of Islam, the intense prayer, intense doing for the least of these, intense reading of the Quran. We're just offering each other blessings on a high level, Kareem, on a high level. And so, look, we're going to deal with fast in these next few minutes of this week's program. We're at the bottom of the hour, just close to 430 Let's just take the next 30 minutes or so or longer if you call in and decide it's necessary to know something about fasting, both from a health benefit to a spiritual benefit. Will it, if you really understood, it's almost one in the same. If you fast from a physical point of view, then you'll start to feel better both mentally, physically, and spiritually. If you fast from a spiritual point of view, then you know you're engaged in, number one, increased preparation. Number two, an advanced uh, level of cleansing yourself. And number three, discipline. You know, Brother Rudolph, I want to start with a personal story that led me into the intrigue of wanting to fast. And I'll go back to high school where there was a uh, required reading in high school, a book called Sid Arthur. I knew nothing about the book. I read it. We discussed it. But the, the thing I got out of the book was that 
the main character, it was about self-denial in order to find out more about the self, find out more about human growth development in general. So after I read the book and discussed it with my teacher and other classmates, I said, self-denial sounds pretty deep. It sounds like it could be torture, but on the other end of it could be blessing. And then when I attended the church and even attended the mosque that spoke of scriptures in the Bible, they said Jesus said in the Bible, in order to be my disciples, you must first deny yourself, pick up your cross, and come follow me. So the the, the, the the moral of that story was in order to get the crown, you had to pick up the cross. But it said you must first deny yourself. Then as I got older, young adult, somewhere around my 20s, I saw brothers, there were sisters too, but it was brothers that I was really close to that classified themselves as Muslim. They said, look, it's Ramadan, we're fasting. I'm like, what? Fasting? They would tell me about it and the blessings on the other end of it, but I was used to eating three square meals a day, snacks in between, eating whenever I wanted. But it was something about that fast, and they were telling me when they first heard about the fasting from the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, they were told to fast in the month of December because it was the shortest days of the year and they could eat once the sun went down. And so I said like this, Brother Rudolph, and listening audience, I'm thinking like this. This was my logic. I'm eating three square meals a day, snacks in between. I want to get to this fast. Don't really understand it, but maybe if I cut down to two meals a day, snacks in between, I'm better than three meals. Maybe if I cut down to one meal a day, snacks in between, it's better than three meals. Then maybe if I go from one meal a day and one snack a day, it's better than the way I started. But I never could get that discipline until I asked the brother one time. I said, brother, what is it, brother, about how you learn to fast? What, what, what was it that you can give me, brother, about learning how to fast? He said, you know what, brother? He said, it's like the Nike commercial. Just do it. I said, ooh, ding, 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 ding. That's like cold turkey, but I'm I'm willing to do it because if they can do it, the Muslim world can do it. I'm going to try it myself. And that's how I got engaged in, in, in fasting. And we're not saying to go cold turkey because there's different levels to it, but we are saying there's a benefit in it. And so um, it's just interesting that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad would reveal that to us in his book, How to Eat to Live, book one and book two. And it was published back in the mid 60s, I believe it was, uh, early 70s, pardon me. Although he taught it in the mid 60s, it didn't get published as a book until the early 70s. So let me just read out of it, Brother Rudolph, then we'll bounce off of each other in terms of this fasting. Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, when you fast, it will advance you spiritually. 
The Holy Quran teaches us that Allah has a mighty reward for the believing men and the believing women and the fasting men and the fasting women. This does not mean that we can do nothing but fast and still do many other evil things and be rewarded with good rewards. When fasting is practiced for good, good results will follow. But if we fast, as the Bible mentions in Isaiah, just for debate, then our fast is no good. He goes on to say, fast. It cleans the impurities out of the blood and causes the body to eliminate the poison stored in it from previous meals, sometimes from previous meals of many years, as the folds in our intestines can carry particles of food for a long time and hold strength enough, strength enough in them to keep us alive for two months. Our bodies store food in the folds of the intestines and in the bloodstream. He goes on to say, we are taught in all religions, each fasting. So that includes us too. I just want to end my little uh, personal story with a, a, a song we used to sing in the church. And it says, um, trials, trials are dark on every hand when we try to do what's right. Though we do the best we can, always seldom right. All we know is that Jesus knows. He just knows just how much we can bear. Hold on a little while longer. Won't you look up and smile? There's a bright side somewhere. So when your day seems dark and drear, you won't have to worry because God is there. If in your heart there is no song, just keep your faith and keep holding on. Turn your plate down fast and pray. Jesus will always make a way. There's a bright side somewhere. So there's an importance and there's a benefit, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in fasting. I just wanted to lay that as a base, both for spiritual and for physical reasons. And I'll pass it over to our dear brother, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, who will carry us further into this segment of fasting and its benefits. Brother Rudolph? Man, man, that was a lot right there. Man, I, I think I think it's, we need to go to a commercial, brother. <laughs> to give time to give the people time to digest some of that that you just uh, put on their plate. Mm. That is a meal right there, brother. Anybody True that works fast just ate something, so that day is this day is gone. Man, Ooh, my God, my God, yeah. Well, we'll keep it right there, talking about fasting, the benefits of fasting. Well, we know through the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad that fasting, uh, you know, it's mandatory for us 
but it's mandatory in all uh, major religions, in all faith practices. Um, right. Purpose of is taught and encouraged because of the physical, mental, and spiritual benefits of fasting. We do you are abstaining from food or drink for a particular period of time. In that time span, what happens is you give the blood a chance to cleanse itself from the impurities that are in it that have collected, coagulated, and amassed over whatever the time period was since you last fasted. Now, we know the food today is nowhere near as healthy as the food was in our parents' and grandparents' time period on this planet. The um, benefits that you would have gotten from eating a single carrot 40 or 50 years ago, you may have to eat the whole box now to get it, if you even get it, because you still may not derive it. What you may not know is you may think you're eating a carrot, but it's a GMO product, a genetically modified product, so it looks like a carrot. It may smell like a carrot. It may feel like a carrot. It may taste like a carrot, but it doesn't add up. And unfortunately, a lot of our food supply is that way right now. So with that being said, then what is it that we are constantly putting into our bodies and what is building up in our systems that is detrimental to us? Well, the toxins that we are alluding to and speaking about are the um, poisons that come from wherever they're coming from, but they are being introduced into the food system. On one hand, it's being done to supplement the food supply. On the other hand, it's being done out of greed in order to stretch the food supply so that they could milk it and get every dime, penny, nickel, and dollar from from people um, for their own benefit. And when I say they, I'm talking about these multi-conglomerates, these agribusinesses that are out here. I'm not talking about your local everyday farmers. I'm talking about your agro business 
Look up the term if you don't understand what it means. Agribusiness. Yeah, they're not in it for the health and nutrition of society. They're in it for the dollar. And so with that being said, that's a, another show for another time, Brother Yusuf. Uh, we'll we'll go deeper into that, and we'll get some of our um, subject matter experts on the line where they can educate and explain to the listeners certain farming or agricultural terms and then speak about processes that are involved with that. But right now we're just talking about the fasting and its benefits. So when you go, as Brother Yusuf said, talking about his personal situation, which is really no different than a lot of our personal situations, we all ate three, four, five times a day with snacks in between. And so you think about it. If you eat breakfast at 8 a.m., you don't necessarily go to the bathroom 9, 10, 11, or 12. So now at 12 o'clock, you're getting ready to eat lunch. Mm -hmm. So now you just put lunch on top of breakfast. You may or may not have gone to the bathroom to let it out. And really, who cares? You go on about your day. Around 3 o'clock, you're going to eat something else. And then um, 5, 6 o'clock, you're going to eat something else. And then um, 7, 8, 9 o'clock, you're going to eat something else. Mm. And then you're going to have that nightcap just before you go to sleep. While you're sitting in the bed watching whatever program you're watching, you're going to end up eating something else. Now, again, like I said, maybe you've gone to the bathroom for the day. Maybe you haven't. Um, But either way, that's at least three major meals with snacks all piled up in your digestive tract. And how long do you think it's going to take to clean out your digestive tract Mm -hmm. before you put the next meal in there? Because the next day the cycle starts again. And don't let it be a holiday. Don't let it be (laughs) Thanksgiving or Christmas or Memorial Day. Or, or, Lord, or, Lord, or, or Lord. Independence Day, you know, or mm-hmm. somebody's birthday. Because, you know, we, we use any excuse to, uh, to, to go ahead. Any and excuse. That's right. Any, any excuse. Yeah, we're going to get that ice cream cake. We're going to get that uh, pumpkin pie. <laughs> we're we, we going to get that uh, German chocolate cake, you know, with the hoggies. Lord, 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 Lord. Yeah. Listening audience, you know? I, I don't know if Brother Rudolph's talking about it himself or me. I know he's talking about somebody. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. Look, I didn't even talk about the key lime pie or, or, or the banana banana pudding or the banana cream pie, you know, or, or the coconut cake. I ain't, I, I, I ain't talking nothing about that. Will the real kind of sewer of food please stand up? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, so, so what I'm saying, though, family, is when you abstain from food or drink for a particular period of time, 
it gives your body a chance to rid itself of the poisons that have built up, built up in your system from all of those meals. As those poisons or toxins come out, what happens is now your circulatory system can properly do its job. Well, what is the job of the circulatory system? The job of the circulatory system is to deliver food and nutrients, well, oxygen and nutrients, to every cell of your body, from the heel of your foot to the top of your head and back again. Flowing, think about a garden hose. You hook up a garden hose, you want to water your lawn. And so you go buy a brand-new garden hose, and you hook it up to the spigot, you turn it on, and you start spraying water, and everything is coming out great. There's no delay in it. There's no crimping in the hose. There's no obstruction. The water is just coming out. It's coming out. Over time, though, that same garden hose, now the water doesn't seem to come out with as much force and vigor as it used to. Now that same garden hose, it has kinks in the, in the hose and sludge has built up on the inside because you've watered and you haven't properly drained the hose. You just stored it and put it up with in it so water settled. And, of course, settling water, water that's not moving, becomes stagnant. So the disease that and the uh, bacteria and the pathogens out of that hose, and then you get that sludge on the inside of the hose, and it narrows the diameter of the hose, affects the weight and the forcefulness that the water can come out. Well, now when we talk about the circulatory system, we're talking about the pump, the pipes, and the fluid. The pump is the heart. The pipes are your arteries and your veins. And the fluid, of course, is the blood. The pump's job is to pump the fluid through the vasculature or the network of pipes throughout the body. Where it comes out through the arterial system, so it's under high pressure. Every time the heart beats, it's forcing the blood out. And it goes, like I said, and it takes oxygen and nutrients to every cell of the body. As it drops off the oxygen and nutrients, it picks up the waste. And then it brings that back through the veins, back into the heart, so cleansing the blood and reoxygenating it can take place. Well, if it never picked up the waste from the how could you deliver oxygen and fresh nutrients to a place that is packed with something else? Well, now we're talking directly about you and I. How can we ever get good nutrients of vitamins and, and things like that if our bodies are packed with what's uh, a good way. I realize we're on the air, Brother Yusuf, and I don't want to be um, um, vulgar or, or anything like that, but what's a good way to say dookie? 
Yes. So your body is filled with. You know how somebody say, man, you so full of crap till your eyes are brown? Well, that's for real. Lord, that's Lord, Lord. That's for real. Or, or they say, you so full of, mm, your, that, that, that your breath, that, that your breath stinks? And that's for real. Because there's so much waste up in us that it's not coming out the hole it's intended to come out, but it has to come out somewhere, so now it's backing up to come out of right. the other hole. Yeah. As they say, your pie hole, you know? So you ever had somebody tell you, man, shut your pie hole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if it don't, if you're putting stuff in, shoveling stuff in top hole, but it's not coming out the bottom hole, then what do you think is going to happen after a period of time? Well, that's where people in general are. And so the one of the benefits of fasting on a physical level is you begin to help clear that out so that now your digestive tract, your large intestines, can move all of that fecal matter around and get it to your anus and it can come out and then your intestines can clear up, cleanse themselves, and then they can work optimally to do the job that they're supposed to do. But that can only happen if you stop shoveling food in your face. So now the whole medical community is talking about the benefits of intermittent fasting. That's right. But yet, but yet the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad was telling his followers about fasting for the last 50, 60, 70 years. Right. So, you know, I, 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 I'm not saying anything behind that, Brother Yusuf. You know, there is no un, undergirding message that I'm um putting there I'm just stating the facts. Um but I'm glad to see that the larger medical community is now coming around and is admitting that that little man from that this is what they say I'm not saying that but that little man from Georgia there's something to what he was teaching his followers. That's right. You know so so now, again, physical, mental, spiritual. They're not three individual aspects of health. It's one aspect of health broken up into three different levels, stages of development or parts because the spirit and the food that feeds the spirit has a direct correlation on the body and how the body functions because it has a direct correlation on how the mind works. If your spirit is down, congested, occluded, not up to par, emotions are going to dictate that also. This is why also in the medical field, when you, you talk to medical people, they deal with signs and symptoms. So if your your skin is hot, 
and you're throwing up uh, uh, brown and green stuff and you're having difficulty breathing or shortness of breath and maybe having discomfort in your chest or chest pain, they say that you may possibly have a pneumonia. Well, why is that? Because they're dealing with the signs of what's going on. They're dealing with the symptoms that you're telling them that you're going through, and they're correlating that with the physiological aspects of what is going on inside of your body. So, not trying to get real deep on this, just trying to keep it surface level. So the the basic principle that we're talking about here is fasting is better for you and I to 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 cure let's say almost ninety percent of the problems that we have if we would fast more regularly and eat to live then almost ninety percent of our health problems would go out of the window. Now, I know that there's people that's listening right now. There, well, Brother Rudolph, you ain't no doctor, man. What you talking about? And you're right. And so let me uh, give my disclaimer that the views being espoused now are those of Brother Rudolph Muhammad and should not be attributed to the medical community or anyone else. There, there's my disclaimer. But I challenge you, listener, I challenge you to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Try a simple experiment with your body. Try fasting and see what happens with your body from fasting, from abstaining from eating and drinking for a protracted period of time. Just try it. I mean, what's the worst that will happen? It will make you feel good. It won't kill you as most people think. Oh, I can't go without eating, brother. I'll die. Well, no. No, it's proven that you can go at least 96 hours without food. Yeah, you you know, you you can go some time without food because you have enough stored up in you that your body can still find a fuel source to burn in order for you to operate and do the things you need to do. And because most of you that are in the listening audience, you're not doing very physical, physical labor, in, you know, labor-intensive work anyway, most. There, there are some that are out here doing this hard work, you know, um, and that's a different story, but most are not. And so your demand for fuel to move your body is not as great as you think. It's just something that you, as we call it, Brother Yusuf, deceptive intelligence. Uh-huh. You know, we yep. we use deceptive intelligence to rationalize That's it. what we want to do when we know that it's not the right thing to do or not good for it, but we talk ourselves into it. But anyway, let's get back to fasting. So fasting. 
So, again, the challenge, the challenge is try fasting. Try fasting and then call into the show and tell us what your body went through at each phase, at the 12-hour mark, at the 24-hour mark, at the eight, at the 36-hour mark, at the 48-hour mark if you last that long, at the 72-hour mark if you can last that long. And, again, the first time that you do it, I don't expect you to make it that long. But go as, as long as you can without hurting yourself. And then try it again. And add time on to however long you went the first time. So you may not be able to make it 48 hours the first time, but if you try it and try it again, by the end of that week or by the end of two weeks, you should be able to make it to 48 hours. By the end of a month, you should be able to make it 72 hours. And then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And then here's the second part to that. Go to your health care provider and have him do a, a, a checkup on you before you begin fasting. And mm-hmm. then go back to him a month later after you have successfully fasted and see what the results are. They may not be as drastic as you think, but then again, they may. You never know, and you'll never know until you try it. So I'm going to stop there, Brother Yusuf. Um, No, that's beautiful, Brother Budol. Just know that fasting, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus the Christ, if you call yourself a follower of Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, if you call yourself a follower of any of the prophets of God, then fasting is a principle that there's no way around it. There's no way you can get around saying that you are a follower or a child of God and you don't fast. I'll I'll stop with that, Brother Yusuf. Yeah, thank you, Brother Rudolph. And uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, um, feel free to call in and be a part of this discussion that we believe is very beneficial for you because we believe it's been very beneficial for us and our family. And so Brother Rudolph said quite a bit. We're at the top of the hour and we'll be moving towards 6 o'clock before you know it. So I'd like to just uh, buttress what Brother Rudolph said. I like the fact that he gave us all a challenge. Try it. That commercial used to say back in the day, you might like it. But I'd also say to you, be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Take the initiative, but be patient with yourself. Whether you decide to eat one meal a day, whether you decide to fast, however you decide to fast, uh, be patient with yourself because as soon as you think you've got it, circumstances happen in our lives and we might get around people who don't consider what we're doing as being sane or healthy and you just never know what may happen in your life that you may as the Christians used to say at one time, backslide as it relates to your 
dietary habits. So we say be patient with yourself, but I too look forward to you calling in and sharing your results of you attempting to fast and the benefits behind it, the trials behind it, the challenges behind it. It's all good. Trust and believe. You know, Brother Rudolph said a lot, but when he talked about the poor foods, you know, across America in the urban areas, in the inner cities, it's called most times what they call food deserts because they don't have a supermarket with good eating food within five miles of where they live, a food desert. And so that's one thing. And as Brother Rudolph said, it's another subject for another time. But I wanted to say, Brother Rudolph, we have one of our consistent supporters and listeners. And shout out to all the consistent supporters and listeners of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Some of you choose to come into the studio and some of you choose to text us. And uh, one of our supporters, Brother Rudolph, said when you start talking about the food, she said, yeah, talk about that. Say that again. The food is horrible. <laughs> so, again, there's another subject for another time, but shout out to Dr. Ridgely Mukmeen Muhammad of Muhammad Farms and those working with him with Staple Goods, by the way. The Staple <laughs> Goods program yes, started March 19th, for those who don't know. And so, again, I want to use the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He did a lecture entitled The Purpose, The Value, and the Power of Fasting. And I quote, he says, self-discipline leads to the restraining of those passions in our own being that can be used by Satan for the destruction of ourselves and things around us. Self-imposed discipline leads to a healthy society, one where people can truly rule. The first law of the universe is motion. After something is put into motion, the second law is order. That which is in motion must come under order. This order presupposes discipline. And when there is no discipline, there is no order. Whatever motion we have will be brought to an end. He concludes by saying in this particular quote, whenever the human being lacks discipline, the society reflects that lack of discipline in the manifestation of excesses. Excessive eating, excessive drinking, excessive sex, the lustful material things, the greed for power, the overpowering of our intelligence by anger and envy. All of these accesses break the spirit of brotherhood and sisterhood and destroy human society, quote, unquote, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in a lecture he did, The Purpose, the value and the power of fasting. And so when you so beautifully, Brother Rudolph, gave 
the 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 infrastructure, if you will, the circulatory system, the pumps, the pipes, and the fluid, and what happens if we abuse our bodies by eating. Let me say right there, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we dig our own graves with our teeth. Food can keep us here or food can take us away. And then when you talked about the digestive system, Brother Rudolph, of eating those meals and snacks in between and the lack thereof of uh, getting rid of your fetal matter, if you will. You just talked about a day. What if you multiply those 24 hours by seven days a week? What if you multiply the weeks by 52 weeks a year? What damage are you doing to your body? Maybe you know it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't care. But you know, those who are involved in the cyber revolution dealing with computers, they say garbage in, garbage out. And so that garbage has to come out some way. And uh, as Brother Rudolph said, if your pipes, your circulatory, your digestive system is clogged, then you end up either a doctor telling you you need a stint in your valves, in your heart, or you regurgitate because your body can't hold all of these excesses of poisons that we put in our body without naturally being able to release ourselves. I just wanted to share that. I also want to speak to what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speaks to, and then I'm going to get into, because this is, Part of it is spiritual, but I'm going to get into why Brother Rudolph said it's all connected based on what, quote, unquote, this modern technology and medicine or lack thereof, holistic health is now saying that bears witness to the most honorable Elijah Muhammad's books, How to Eat to Live. So the minister, the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan, says the Holy Quran which we read from cover to cover during the month of Ramadan, 30 days. He says, the Holy Quran also speaks of itself in these terms, that it is a book of purification, in that it washes us from the mischief-making of the mischief-maker. It is the book that cleans and clears up the misunderstanding between various religions of the world. It is a book that destroys the artificial barriers that divide the people of God one from another and that it is a book that exalts, quote, unquote, the common thread between all these religions. And he said that during his magnificent lecture series he did in 2013 entitled The Time and What Must Be Done. This was part installation six of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Okay, it sounds like there's a state of emergency and never seen such urgency. (laughs) Welcome to Disaster Awareness. 
for community preparedness. Please state your name and how may we serve you. This is Sister Anissa, Brother Joseph. Correct. How are you, Sister Anissa? Wonderful by Allah's grace, mercy, and permission. Ramadan Mubarak, sir, and everyone. Ramadan Kareem, you sound wonderful. This is our dear sister, hardworking colleague in the Ministry of Health and Human Services, and she resides and works with our people out in Los Angeles. So we wanted to get an update of the landscape from our dear sister in terms of their recent, most recent climactic condition, i.e. tornadoes. And because of her background in the medical services, we'd also like for you, if you could, Sister Anissa, share uh, with our listening audience the benefits of fasting. Welcome, Sister. Well, all praises be to Allah. When you're looking at this landscape that we are experiencing here in Los Angeles, We've had suffered droughts for the last seven to eight years, which has diminished the food supply because this is an agricultural state. Mm. And with the rains coming the way that they are, especially in central California, the ground is really too saturated for them to plant food. And it's the same thing in the breadbasket of America where a lot of fruits and vegetables grow. It's going to be horrific. So we have to know how to fast if we want to survive. This month of Ramadan truly is a a blessing because with us not just fasting from food but fasting from water will also save our lives because a water shortage is on the way. That's right. Because (laughs) while it's raining – and people are looking at, oh, my God, the drought is over, because that's how California people act and think and sometimes talk. Um, that water <laughs> is not fit for us to drink. It's not really fit for us to drink, because when you look at Los Angeles is in a bowl, a dust bowl. So the waters that come down in such a horrific state, you have so much dirt, so much bacteria, so much soot, so much oil is not really fit to drink. And even if you catch runoff water like they're suggesting and put it in a 50-pound barrel of water that you can save for a rainy day, all of that dust that accumulated on people's roofs, that water running off that roof, I don't know if I would want to drink that. I would if it got really bad. However, we also have to keep in mind that we have to keep water purifiers in our home. We have to make sure that we have water purifying tablets because Mm -hmm. everyone would say, I don't understand how people in Africa can drink water that they know has cholera in it, but when you get thirsty enough, you will drink it. And if you don't have water purifying tablets, you better get some bleach. That will help you. But Mm -hmm. we have to fast. We have to learn how to discipline ourselves because the minister teaches us that famine is on the way. That's right. The messenger teaches us that water shortages are going to come. We've been warned about this for the last 70 years. And for Mm -hmm. us who have children, 
I've actually sat down with a brother by the name of Brother Sabir, and we calculated how many jars, like if we can our own food, how many jars of food would get a family through for 30 days, 30 days. And that's for two adults, one teenager, and one child that's seven or younger. That would take 140 jars of food. Mm. So how many of us, now multiply that 140 by at least a year, multiply that by 12. How many of us actually have room in our houses for that much canned food? Mm-hmm. So we have to learn how to fast. And that actually is if the parents are eating once every 48 hours or once every 72 hours. It will take right. still 140 jars of food to last a family of four for 30 days. So we're going to have to learn how to fast. It's crucial. It's very crucial in this time. We COVID should have prepared us mentally for what's actually coming down the pike. Truthfully, COVID was a curse and a blessing. Mm-hmm. How many of us are really truly paying attention to what's going on in politics and economics? Are you paying attention to the how your stores, where you buy your paper goods and your food, especially the produce departments, they're shrinking? That's right. And in a minute, catastrophes are going to be so bad, you're not going to be able to get nothing from Amazon Prime. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're telling it right. Go ahead. We're not. Yeah. I mean... And, and, you know, it's like in the back of my apartment building, there are houses that sit up on a hill. And I've watched the, the mud roll down the hill. And some of those houses up there haven't really been paying attention to their decks that I'm looking at. So these big houses that sitting up on this hill, they may roll down this hill. And if they hit the cars, which is where we're assigned to park, it's going to mess up some stuff. So we have to make sure that we have to, you know, keep emergency kits to evacuate and make sure that when you have these foods, that is nothing that will make noise, nothing that's going to, like, have odors like maybe salmon because there's going to be some hungry people, animals, and insects because there's raccoons up there in these hills that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Raccoons, snakes, and salamanders, because I've seen them. So we have wildlife out here in L.A., in the inner city. And when the messenger said that when that torrential rain comes, it brings forth snakes and animals and germs and bacteria, and we can get sick. We have to learn to fast to keep our immune. Yes, in the city, in the inner city, look. Two-legged and four-legged, huh? Stop. Yes, we got, look, possums. (laughs) We have hawks that fly overhead that's looking for rabbits and stuff that's up here. Because people get rabbits for pets, and then when they multiply, they just set them free. And where where I'm looking out my office window, there's enough foliage over there for they can hide for months. I'm just saying, and this is in the mm-hmm. this is in the this is in the city, you know. So we wow. we have to learn how to fast. That's in this day and time, that's crucial because 
I, I've heard it said in the years that I've been in the nation that the messenger of Allah, I'm not sure if he actually said it, but it's wow. um, the scuttlebutt that's going around that we may get so hungry that we will contemplate eating our little babies. Mm-hmm. I heard that yep, along the way. So it's like, oh, and I just got this vision, get out, get out. <laughs> I saw... You know the you know how you have roadkill in the middle of the street. There's nothing mm-hmm. for us to see a dead cat, pigeon, or possum in the middle of the street out here. Can you imagine people fighting over that because they're that hungry? Oh Lord, Lord. The military will come out if you try to go and loot these grocery stores. They learn from COVID and they've learned from the Rodney King insurrection and the earthquake from 1994. Out here in California, they protect property, then life. It's not the other way around. Wow. So we're going to have to not only fast, but remember the minister told the sisters and struck, we've been canning since 2017. Hallelujah. You know, and we have to make sure that not just to can things, because what if you have to evac? You can't take hundreds right. of jars of food with you when you're on the run, especially if your car is out. You have I'm to figure right. out how you're going to pack food in evac bags and have an evac bag for every member of your household. Toddlers are mm-hmm. not exempt. They're right. not. They can carry stuff, even if it's their own stuff. That's right. Make sure... I'm just saying we have to we have to learn how to fast and we have to do it wisely. We have to do it with wisdom. And if none of us or whoever whoever's listening, if you've never gone camping, I mean some serious camping where you don't have nothing, I suggest that when the summertime comes or when the weather allows you to do that, go and experience that so that you can learn how to survive. Or you can go camp out on wherever homeless people are in your city. That's right. And let them and let them teach you how they survive because a lot of them fast themselves out of necessity and because they have nothing. That's beautiful. Now you know, brother Rudolph's locked and loaded with a question, so I'm gonna fall back, Sister <laughs> Nisha. It's so good to hear your voice. I didn't hear you. It's good and, to hear your voice. Saying, and happy Savior's Day again. Happy Savior's Day to you as well and your family and. Uh, you know, what you just said is just a confirmation for us because we've been trying to, like a voice crying out in the wilderness, making straight a desert for our Lord. So, Brother Rudolph, go ahead, beloved. The floor is yours. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Sister Lisa, happy Savior's Day. Yes, sir. Uh, Ramadan Mubarak, how are you, sir? Ramadan Kareem. I am doing just wonderful, you know, and this is this conversation is interesting because L.A. is one of the type of cities where in the summertime you can go hiking, you can go mountain climbing, hand gliding, and you can still surf the waves and this, that, and the other. But Allah put a twist on things. I've been living in Los Angeles now for 43 years, and looking up at those mountains, that's the first time that I've ever seen that much snow on the top of the mountains. So it's snowing in the mountains. It's raining all over the place. 
and the tide is extremely high, and they have bacteria warnings on the coastline. Yeah, and brings me and to the question. And we had a tornado just yesterday. What's that? That? That's it. that brings me to the question I was going to ask you. If I remember correctly from research, L.A. hasn't had a tornado in about 40 years. They haven't. The last one was in the early 80s. That's correct. The last one was in the early 80s. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So so a tornado just hit Los Angeles, and that's the first of (laughs) of many more to come. That's not the last. I think so. I think so. You know, and so what so. I was, what I was thinking was this, um, and you are exactly, you are a thousand percent correct, you and Sister Captain Christina. I think we need to do that, and we need to do that um, um, webinar type thing, mm-hmm. dealing with dealing with the three regions, dealing with where she is dealing with where I am, dealing with where you are, because what necessarily will go for where I am may not go for where you are, and vice versa. That's correct. And the things things that I prepare for here are not the same as what you need to prepare for there. And even now, since the weather is the way it is, we really don't know what to prepare for it now. I mean, exactly. You for exactly. Look, there are some people that's up there in the mountains, sir, that had never. Remember that picture that was on the Final Call newspaper that was taken in Canada with the people with it looked so pretty. That pristine snow on front of them houses. That's what those people were experiencing up there, and they had never yes, seen right. anything like it. They didn't know what to do when it started to melt yes. on some of those areas. The um and sent you. Know, the cars were running down the street like they was in Mecca. I mean, it was horrific. Yes, it was very oh. horrific. And the the thing that's scariest about the tornadoes for me out here is that I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. So we always got trained in school about what to do and where to go. And we knew where the fallout shelters were throughout the city because there were big signs right. posted up on churches and schools. And we knew that basements were safe. Because of this being earthquake country, they don't have basements in L.A. Thank you. Uh That's right. Very seldom. So where are the people going to go? Number one, they focus mostly on earthquake preparedness, you know, but they don't talk a lot about tornadoes because they don't think that they can happen here. But a lot proved them wrong the other day. And so watch and see that they're going to start switching how they're going to do that, and then they're going to run into some stuff. They're going to run into the fact that their schools are not open like they are back in where I'm from. Everything is set up like a prison here. The schools are encased with, you know, with wired gates and different things like that, but somebody's going to figure out how to get in that cafeteria. And get that food out of there. Watch and see. But they don't have any basements. The parks, the churches, they're not prepared for that. And a lot of dancing ladies come. It came in the daytime. 
in that song. <laughs> yes, ma'am. In That's the right. daytime. And it left some buildings red tag right from the get. And wait a minute. That was a baby or um, tornado. So wait till the real right. one comes. Right. right. That was a baby. Mm. Right. It tore it tore up some stuff. It could have if Allah had pleased, it would have caused more damage. Oh. You know, a couple of houses and a warehouse and the roof was torn off and some trees were downed. Yes. But Allah is not it's playing with us and he came on time the with the minister's address from yesterday. That's right. As, as a matter of That's fact, right. now that I think about it, it did happen. Uh, uh, like during the wee hours when this was going on, where it was light enough outside, so uh, it's scary yeah. and it's very real. So I just pray Allah that we prepare the best that we can because we're not going right. to be able to prepare for any eventuality. But, for example, Brother Rudolph, what you're experiencing there is kind of like one of the cities in our region is Denver. Yeah. What Denver experiences, yeah. we don't, we, well, we before this winter, we never experienced it before, but we need to find out from you and others where it snows. What can people do if they get snowed in and pipes freeze over? Yes, ma'am. Because if I'm, yes. I know from Ohio that our pipes would freeze over sometimes. Yes. Yeah, we we need to actively work on this uh, thing and do it ASAP. Yes, sir. Uh, because we still, regardless of what is going to happen and what the outcome is going to be, we still have to be found working. Oh, yes, sir. Resurrection. Of, of Allah's people, so so we we can't just sit back and and just think that well Allah is doing what He's going to do and uh, there's nothing I can do about it. No, no, that's not that that's not the mindset that we have to have. We have to have the mindset that we need to get this information and knowledge that we have out to the people to help save a life. Because as sure as sure. I got 32 cents. If we yes, save sir. one life, Allah will give us credit as though we have saved all of humanity. And yes, that coincides with the with the scriptures. You know, why did, why did Jesus forsake the nine to go after the one? What's so important mm. about yes, that one? When you got ninety nine, because yes, we you never know who that one is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we you have know, to that, do I, this. That's not my that's not my area, so I'm gonna stop there. That's Brother Yusuf's area. <laughs> uh, he's the pastor. There he goes. There he goes. Have mercy. <laughs> have mercy. Well, let me just help you out, good brother. That was Surah 5, Ayat 32. And whoever saves the life, it is as though he had saved the lives of all men. And you know, Sister Nisa, what you said earlier about all we can do is the best we can. It reminds me of a quote from Maya Angelou, believe it or not. And she says, you might not be able to control all the events that happened to you, 
but you can choose to not be reduced by them. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to just do what we're born to do. And, you know, to the degree I've known the both of you, that's a no-brainer. But we just got to get the word out to our people. And I was looking for a quote. I had a quote of Mother Tynetta when you talked about the camping. Those of us who Mm -hmm. may have never been (laughs) camping before, we need to know what that is surviving off the land. And uh, if I find it before the program's out, I'll share it. But is there anything else, Denise, that comes to your mind that you believe our listening audience needs to know? Yeah. I I left Cleveland, Ohio in the summer or the fall of 1980. During the summer in Cleveland, Ohio in 1980, we had an earthquake What's my point? Allah can strike where he please and do what he please, and he does. So we should prepare the best way that we can and fast from the drama and stuff on TV and really zero in and focus on what's happening around you, no matter where you are. And if you do that, you will see the manifestation of the power of God. And everything that your grandmother and your great-grandmother and your mother tried to tell you when you were sitting up in Sunday school and church, it's going to come back. Mm -hmm. And it should prick some level of consciousness in your soul that you will activate and try to do something to help your family. I'm not saying go out there and get everything at once, or if you have the money to do that, then do that. But get a little bit at a time. And start with footwear and sleeping bags because you're going to need them. Rugged footwear that can protect your ankles and a sleeping bag so that you will have someplace warm and something warm to sleep in. That's what I would recommend in addition to learning how to fast. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Brothers and sisters, a word to the wise is sufficient. My father used to say to teach is to touch a life forever, and the life you save might be your own. So we thank our dear sister, Sister Nisa Muhammad, for calling in. I knew when the siren came on, I said, oh, man, I'm having flashbacks on a fire engine, but this is somebody else. (laughs) That's going to bring... You know, the urgency of the emergency. Our dear sister, yes. sister Nisa. Wonderful. I'm praying to speak to a lot. Thank you all so much for having me. And I totally thought that I was calling in to listen. I had no, and so Brother Rudolph and Brother Joseph, mm-hmm, I got you. Y'all conspired behind <laughs> my back in front of my face. I'm going to get y'all for that. You know but how we do. Okay. You know how we do. Sister? <laughs> huh? What you say? Whatever hey, whatever you are you talking about? <laughs> you cracked me up when you said, yeah, some people talk like that out here too, believe it or not. I heard the Valley girl. They I do. Heard, right. I heard the accent. They right. really, I know. They really, they really do. They really do. Oh I'm like, what, really? I thought that went out in the 80s. We're not doing the Valley girl thing. <laughs> You 
got to have levity in this work, boy. Truth is stranger you than do. fiction. You do. You really, really do. Truth is stranger than fiction, and as they soon will find out. That's right. That's right. Well, stay with out. us. I mean, keep listening, dear sister, and if there's anything you want to come in, and I, we, you know, we know your time is valuable, but we have about yeah. a half hour left in this week's program. I wanted to say um, relative to fasting, bearing witness to the teachings of the most honorable boy, Elijah Muhammad, what the uh, certain medical society is saying today. Brother Rudolph used the term intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting. And for those who may not know what that is, they're saying that before 12 noon, the fasting window is just drink water with no milk and no sugar. Then this intermittent fasting is saying from 12 noon to 8 p.m., you can eat the window is from 12 noon to 8 p.m., and they recommend you eating fruits, vegetables, fish, okay? And then after 8 p.m., the fasting can consist of water and sleep. So that's the intermittent fasting. Now they have something called OMED, O-M-A-D. I think that's one meal a day. They're trying to disguise it. No, if you look it up, if you look it up. Yes, sir. The old man. No, no, you're right. Omad diet. I'm saying have mercy. Could they have been more creative? (laughs) The minister told us they're just coming out and just saying whatever they want today because we don't know. You know the machinations of, of of Satan and his minions, but right. the Omad. What's the front right? cover of the Final Call newspaper? It says "Total Vindication." Total vindication. Y'all gonna try That's to call it. it the intermittent fasting, but that Omad one meal a day. <laughs> really, yeah, y'all? Um... <laughs> right. So look, look, look. Also, right. You go to it, and so they have a video, right? And so they're showing uh, certain things that bear witness to what they believe in with this OMAD diet, OMAD diet. And then they show dates. They show the benefits of dates. You know, D-A-T-E-S, you know, those big raisins, right? The right. Prophet Muhammad, <laughs> peace be upon him, 1,400 years ago told us the benefit <laughs> of eating dates. So, I mean, this is just crazy. But anyway, the, the eight health benefits of fasting backed by science brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, not necessarily in this order, but I just want to count eight of them. Number one, it promotes blood sugar control by reducing insulin resistance. Number two, it promotes better health by fighting inflammation. Number three, heart health. It improves blood pressure, triglycerides, and cholesterol levels. Number four, boost brain function and prevents neurodegenerative disorders. Number six, or is that where I am? I guess this is number five. The other one was four. 
Uh, the next one, five, weight loss by limiting calorie intake and boost <laughs> metabolism. <laughs> and <laughs> seven, it increases growth hormone secretion, which is vital for growth, metabolism, weight loss, and muscle strength. And lastly, it delays aging and extends. No, that's not last. It's more than eight. Well, this one says it delays aging and it extends longevity. And lastly, it aids in cancer prevention. So these are the health benefits. Let me count them again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, it was eight. Eight benefits of fasting backed by science. Now, we have two subject matter experts on the line. And Sister Anissa, I almost want to call you Sister Dr. Anissa and Brother Dr. Rudolph that can speak to any one of these points. So I'm going to fall back. I did my research. I put it out there. What's your thoughts, Sister Nisa, and then Brother Rudolph? Well, um, as stated, the Honorable, Elijah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote the book on, quote, unquote, intermittent fasting and one meal a day back in the 60s and the 70s. And the science is not, let me put it this way, they're bearing witness with their science to the truth of what he said. We've been bearing witness to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad since 1930, and I think our science trumps theirs. And I find it absolutely hilarious that they say that it does something with aging. Can you repeat that? Yes, it does something with aging and longevity. Okay, as far as slowing down aging, they did that for promotional purposes. Nothing slows down aging. You're going to get old no matter what you eat. You're just going to be in better health at 65 if you're practicing how to eat to live versus someone that is caught up in eating foods out of a box with fake nutrition labels on them. Mm-hmm. But, and that's, I, that's why I started. I couldn't help but laugh about that because that was, to me, that was hilarious. I do understand okay. their point. But when things are, when they use words to phrase things in the medical science and medical and scientific um, fields of endeavor, a lot of times, they do so with the intent to promote a product. Mm. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with nutrition labels. It really isn't there because we're taught how to read them properly in our MGT class. But a mm-hmm. lot of people don't have the science that our MGT class has. So a lot of people that go and look at nutrition labels when they go in the stores, they really don't know what they're looking at. They have a smartphone on them, but they don't use it when they come down to looking at the nutrition labels because if they did, they would put that stuff back. Um, I pray a lot that we all can learn from practicing eating one meal a day, one meal every 48 hours, and one meal every 72 hours because I think we all can learn from that. And those of us that um, have fallen short 
and gotten into some bad habits, I pray a lot that Ramadan helps us to create um, to alleviate those bad habits and get back on track because our very lives depend on it. That's right. Beautiful. That's right. Go ahead, Brother Rudolph. Mm. All I have to say after that is the doors of the church are open. <laughs> For sure. That's right. Won't, won't you come? Right. Won't you come? <laughs> if there's anyone out there that does not have a home, our doors are open for you. <laughs> that's it. There's nothing to say after that. She said it. Sister Nisa, that's why I don't tell percent. jokes. Nobody laughs when I tell <laughs> jokes, Sister Nisa. I give you the research straight, no chase. I have you cracking up. <laughs> Brother Rudolph is the jokester. He just says the doors are, I mean, you dropped the mic. That's real. That's real. <sighs> I will say this. They just now talking about the benefits of dates when that's all people been eating since for the last two thousand. I mean, stop it. Yeah, no, you and, you, you know, know I'm, that, oh, that you information has been around for a long. Oh, but they couldn't find the benefits. Let me shut up. I'm sorry. Let me stop because I was really finna go there when they, well, you know, they did the no. Because out here they can't, you can't talk about. They have to read. No, they 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 put. I mean, it's kind of like fasting also boosts immunity. But in California, you can't say that. Nobody, all doctors are forbidden from talking about the types of foods you can eat to boost your immunity. And also tell them it can deplete their because they they because they're you know because talking about healthy food to boost immunity has become taboo in this country, and yeah because you cut because they're so afraid money. that people yeah and but they're but they're afraid that people are going to do that instead of getting the COVID vaccine. That's why they have forbidden it out here with doctors in California. I don't know about anywhere else. Wow. I tell you one thing, during Ramadan, we're supposed to be a very cognizant and sensitive of our language, but y'all forgive me. That's a damn shame. That is a damn shame. <laughs> I'm telling you. It, it, yes. And it is. No, the shame is when people are actually talking about that because you spent eight years. 100000 or more in dollars to go to an institution to get your degree, and you can't tell people what it is you learned in school. Nah, that ain't, that's, mm, that's all I right. got to what say. What have you learned? <laughs> they, they did. They did learn some very valuable things, and most of it yeah, is, just, hey, how they to stay healthy. They tell nobody. But they can't talk about it no more. You can't. It's like, right. Right. it's a secret. Can't the new Masonic Order. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <sighs> I don't know about I don't know about all that, but you know what? Look, you can't unring a bell. You can't. That's right. And That's every right. now and then, something's gonna slip out. You know, we mm-hmm. don't. You know, 
and people and people have to protect their livelihoods, and I get that. But I'm just saying. Right. You know, it's the time we live in. You're saying it right. Red bell peppers. Red bell peppers got vitamin C in it, y'all. Y'all can use that to keep from catching a cold. A cold. C-O-L-D. A cold. And it helped boost immunity, just like oranges, limes, grapefruits, and things like that. However, if you're on some sort of warfarin or coumadin, then don't take the grapefruit. That's right. See, just you can See, that stuff was out there. practical information. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not a doctor, and that's the killing part. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. Well, I, I see your like point. Because you don't said, go to school like as long as I've said, been in school. If you walk, into, and not if no you walk into a dark room, you walk into a dark room and say that there's no lights in there, and then somebody manages to turn the lights on, that was the electrician. Whether he'd been to school or not, the electrician is the one that gets the electricity flowing to get lights in the dark, Okay. So you're the one that's given the practical information. People use it. It can help to save their lives. That's the doctor. Well, I have to put I that disclaimer on that. I'm in Detroit. I can say that. Oh, I already put my disclaimer out. The views of Brother Rudolph are strictly attributed to him and not to any <laughs> other entity. <laughs> That's why I said it, but I'm not a doctor. I just know a whole lot of stuff that you can take to the bank. And I'm not putting my minister or our nation in jeopardy because I don't give medical advice. I understand. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I don't give medical advice. I just read articles to people like Brother Brother Rudolph. I mean, um, Brother Joseph just did. That's it. (laughs) That's it. That's my disclaimer. This this uh how do my, how, my how dis- does how does my how does my real disclaimer go? The information that you're getting is for informational purposes only, and does not supersede any advice that you get from your primary care provider. Sister Anissa Michelle Muhammad of Los Angeles, California, is not liable for any hurt, harm, or danger from real or imagined conditions or death in the event that you choose to willfully deviate. From your provider's advice. Be those illnesses, be those illnesses real or imagined, because they like to sue people out here. Real illnesses. No, that's the American way. Not just in Cali. Stop it. That's making money the old-fashioned way. Sue for it. Lord, Lord, Lord. Stop it. Well, anyway, let me get back, Brother Rudolph, since she picked up on what I do. And um, what I do is very simple. I quote those who have more expertise. And so I want to conclude my statement, Sister Nisa, Brother Rudolph, brothers and sisters uh, in our listening audience, by saying this. And I hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's program as much as I have. But, you know, Prophet Muhammad, during the month of Ramadan, he said in one of the hadiths that Allah, God, has no need for our fast if our character is not developed. 
And so it's not just refraining or abstaining from food. It's about developing our characters. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said it like this one time. He said, fasting is one of the main pillars of Islam. Is a principle that must be practiced by every believing Muslim. In fact, fasting has been enjoined in every age by every prophet that has come to reform the conduct of man, unquote, by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And so, again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it's important that we consider fasting on so many different levels, mind, body, and soul, on so many different levels, health, human services, disaster preparedness, on so many different levels. So we wanted to share with you the importance of fasting, what it means on those levels. We pray that uh, we satisfied uh, something that you may have had in terms of a question. We still have 10 minutes left in this week's program if you desire to come in and ask a question uh, between Sister Nisa, myself, and Brother Rudolph. We look forward to answering any questions we can answer, and if we can't answer it, then what we'll do is we'll go search that uh, question, the answer to the question that you may have. So, uh, Brother Rudolph, Sister Nisa, let's if you have any closing statements, Sister Nisa, um, again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I'm sorry, Brother Rudolph ambushed you. I had no idea he was going to do that, but we both know. My, my son would say, uh, you know, as a basketball coach, he would say, know your personnel, Dad. Dad, know your personnel. <laughs> so, Sister Nisa, if you have any closing statements, Feel free at this time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Queen. Yes, sir. If I had my choice, the only thing that I would actually say is that I love my family, I love my people, and I want everybody to survive. If you want to get through what Minister Louis Farrakhan is sharing with us, with all joking aside, all joking aside, do what he's asking and fly to Allah and seek refuge in him on all levels. We have to make sure that we take our health and we eat the right foods. We store the proper foods in our homes and that we prepare for every eventuality, if that's at all possible. Eat to live, eat to live. Practice eating to live. That's one meal a day of healthy food. And don't, you know, and I'm not even going there with the, with the junk food. Just eat some healthy food. But I have to say that it has to be lean meat, fresh fruits and vegetables. Because what's healthy for me and healthy to me may not be healthy to or for someone else. And you can still purchase healthy food on a budget. It's possible. It can be done. It has been done. 
eat the right thing at the right time for all times. And that's about all I got to say in closing remarks. And I got to go because I got to get back to work. Thank you, dear. I love you all. Thank you for having me. We love you as well. Alaikum. Ramadan Mubarak and the same for you all. Thank you so much. Alaikum. Salam Ramadan Kareem. Kareem, sir. Praise be to Allah. Well, brothers and sisters, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has a book out called Twitter 2.0. He has two books, Volume 1 and 2. And in Volume 1, it was a question asked, what would you tell our people they need to do to prepare for disasters in their areas? And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan answers, there are disaster preparedness networks that you can access the knowledge of what you should have and store in your houses to be as prepared as you can be. And so we thank our dear sister Anissa Muhammad out of Los Angeles, California, for spending time out of her busy day to be a part of uh, this week's program speaking on the benefits of fasting. He gave us the update of the landscape of what's happening in Los Angeles, and uh, a tornado took place. That tornadoes hadn't taken place in Los Angeles for over 20 years or so. Brother Rudolph has the exact date. But uh, word to the wise is sufficient, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, again, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence that you would take time out of your busy schedule. Feel free to share this number and uh, our, you know, email address and website so that they can go to the archives and listen and they may be able to join with us next week as we go further into uh, what it is we're experiencing, not just where you live, but all over the country, all over the world. So, Brother Rudolph, uh, you know, I think I've shared that which Allah gave me to give to us. The floor is yours, big brother. Well, thank you, brother. And thank you, Sister Anissa, for coming on with us today and helping to share the information that you have with our listeners. Um, Ramadan, 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 intense heat. That's what we're going through. But the whole world is going through intense heat. So I guess the whole world is going through Ramadan. Hmm. People are uh, fasting from a lot of things, things that they usually can get, but they can't get it now. So I, I... in some respect, I guess they all understand some aspect of what Muslims are going through right now. But the good, the best part about it for us is we don't have to look at Ramadan as some boogeyman or or, or some some uh, uh, um, prehistoric beast that's out that we have to slay. No, Ramadan is the beast that we have to unite with and ride the coattail of because 
Ramadan will take us where we need to be on our one meal a day. It gets us back into our five, making our five prayers a day. It gets us back to thinking the way we are supposed to think on a regular basis without the interference of the daily um, stuff that goes on. And it helps us to get tight as a community again, as we should be. So Ramadan is the answer for what the problem is in society. We just have to look at the problem, assess the answer, and use the variables that are in the given of this geometric uh, mathematical equation that we are in now. So we thank everyone for uh, tuning in this week, and we pray that you will have a blessed week and pray that you will and we will be able to come back together again next week, next Friday, same time, same station, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Black Hole Radio Network for disaster awareness for community preparedness with your co-hosts. Brother Yusuf Muhammad and Brother Rudolph Muhammad. It's no telling what subject matter experts we'll have next week. We That's don't right. know who's going to drop by and bless us with the wisdom that the Almighty Creator has buried in them. That's just, and Brother Rudolph, may I say this in closing? Yes, sir. I, I hate to drop a grenade at the end of the program, but, you know, I was in a conversation the other day with a subject matter expert who deals with mental health. Yes, and uh, as we were discussing, it seemed like, like what came up in the conversation was that in college basketball, this is what's called March Madness, March right. Madness. And he said, believe it or not, in the field of mental health, March is uh, a month where there's an uptick in uh, behavioral patterns of people who are dealing with mental health challenges. And so uh, next Friday is March 31st. Maybe we can uh, get somebody to be a part of that because, again, the aftermath of COVID-19, the natural disasters, the social detriments of health, the heightened levels of grief, loss, and violence, and persuasive and persistent systematic racism has been devastating to our communities. So we believe, I think, now is the time to take a bold and intentional action. These unexpected and tragic experiences also present unprecedented opportunities to do things differently with freshly culturally informed and equitable lenses at all levels. So if we don't do it next week, then we'll move toward that. We certainly want to do a program to satisfy our listening audience. So 
again, that's something to consider, brothers and sisters, because we're, we're challenged by that in every family in our community today, the mental health challenges that our family members in our communities have. So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for all that you do. Please give your family and the believers the greetings there in the Big D, as I would do yes, the sir. same thing thank here. You as well. Yeah, yes, in the Tidewater area, the 757. We love you, family. Inshallah, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. And to our Muslim family, Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan. And Ramadan Kareem. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Thank you. You know 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.